You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. At this time, we ask that you turn off all cell phones. Unless, of course, you're using them to listen to this podcast. In which case, please keep it on. And please refrain from any flash photography, as it is dangerous to the performers of this podcast. Please be advised that this production may contain strobe effects, loud or sudden noises, nudity, and... But probably not. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five, end this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway successes are in Times Square. <laughs> oh, ye of little faith. Dogs are fickle. I know. Not as fickle as cats. Cats oh, are like, Lord. they'll stab you in the back. I, like, you better be careful of a yeah. cat. They, well, my most cats, would they don't anymore, but they would just like pounce in my face all the time. And I would be like, <laughs> but why don't you do that thing where you leave people alone and don't want to be near them? Because that's what I want from it's you. It's one or the other. Like if you have the time and inclination to go and pet that cat, they're like, um, screw you, lady. I don't want you anywhere near me, but if you're trying to get work done, they are on your keyboard. Yeah. And I just never want to pet them. Like, I'm not a cat person. Yeah. So I like cats. I just want to be left alone. Sure. And. You're like y- a cat. I am. And so, <laughs> but they don't like wanna. No. Leave me alone. Um, It's gotten better, though, because my one friend, her, her I think cat, the- Harry, yeah. he's majestic. Aww. He's very pretty. He leaves me the crap alone, and if I want to go pet him, he'll let me. That's nice. Yeah, he's a good cat. I feel like cats just sense innately what you want from them, Mm -hmm. and they do the exact opposite. Yeah, most of them do. (laughs) So I was like, Harry's a keeper. I don't know about anybody else's cat. What kind of cat is Harry? He's just like this orange, fluffy beautifulness. Oh, nice ginger cat. Yeah, he's great. I've always wanted to be a true ginger. So sad that I wasn't born you that way. You just have way. to be the Lucy kind. That's good too. <laughs> that is good. Thank you. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> oh, sweet pea. You can be Lucy too. She is kind of a, a Lucy. 
Is she? Yeah. I'd yeah. say. You think so? Yeah. She's a little off the wall. <laughs> she makes me laugh. But she also makes me think. Oh, <laughs> Lucy. Well, on this week's episode, uh, mm-hmm. we are sort of going to be with the theme of uh, it's April and it's Easter. Yes. And so. Um, the Lord has risen. He's risen. We're not focusing on, you know, bunnies. No. So. No. Sorry, not sorry, because I'm sure there's a musical God. about bunnies, but we're going to talk about, like, the resurrection type <laughs> of... Uh, that's going to be the theme. Doesn't mean every musical we talk about is necessarily about Jesus, yes. but, like... Do you think in that play, Harvey, that that was the Easter bunny? Or was it just some random stranger bunny? Well, so I have never seen the play, but I have seen the, the Jimmy movie? Stewart movie yeah. a couple of times. And the way he describes him being dressed, I don't think it's the Easter Bunny. I don't know. I've seen the Easter Bunny in some pretty outrageous outfits. I don't. I maybe depending. Yeah. On you know which CVS you buy from. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I loved Easter. Did you love Easter growing up? Uh, Easter was fine. It oh. it was it was I mean we just got candy yeah and I didn't love uh, like I liked uh, dyeing the eggs but if we didn't do it that's okay too yeah no I'm with you there because the egg dyeing thing was never a thing no and then like out like I liked wearing a new dress but mm-hmm. like the shopping for a new dress oh. or trying to find one not fun for me. Ugh. Missing out. I loved it. <laughs> it's the only time in my life that I think I actually enjoyed shopping. shopping. Mm-hmm. So our tradition, yes, we did go shopping for Easter outfit. The Easter outfit, but we would always get a hat and new shoes as well yeah. as the dress. Like it was always like a big thing. <laughs> and then we would wake up on Easter morning and before church we would we would get our baskets overnight. Mom and dad would sneak them Same. in the room like the Easter bunny was leaving them, but we knew that it wasn't an Easter of bunny because we know that God was the reason for Easter. Right. <laughs> anyway. Right. Um, and then we would like get so much candy and then one like toy, like a Barbie or a whatever, mm-hmm. um, with the Easter basket as well. It was so good. I loved it. <laughs> it's candy. You know, how can you say no to candy? Mm-hmm. I do remember one year. My mom and I were going shopping for my new shoes, and I found these, like, pink patent leather, little Mary Janes. So cute. And those were the ones that I wanted. And mom was like, you know, Pamela, pink doesn't always go with everything that you wear. Maybe we should look at some other choices, like these black ones. There's some white ones over there. Mm-hmm. And I tried everything on, and every time it was like, no, I don't want these. I want the pink ones. Nope, I don't like these. I want the pink ones. And so she finally caved in and let me get the pink patent mm-hmm. leather, and I wore them everywhere <laughs> inside the house walking the dog around the yard if I would you love that love if you them. love something then you will wear it, it all the time sparked joy yeah <laughs> i love them yeah <laughs> oh cute. and then it was like i had another easter story yeah. easter is like huge i love easter <laughs> my grandmother and my cousin jill were visiting i must have been six mm-hmm. six or seven Jill is quite a bit older than me, so I think she might have been, like, 15 or 16. Uh, But it was super exciting to have her there. Like, we were all very excited. Uh, I got chicken pox. Over Easter? Over Easter. So I didn't get to go to church. I didn't get to wear my new dress with hat or shoes. And Cousin Jill had to stay home with me. 
It was awesome, though. I love that. That was a okay. cool part. Okay. But I was, I was really, like, this I was is very, very sad. disappointed about not being able to wear my new Easter bonnet. Oh. <laughs> we only got hats sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because we... Sometimes we went to my grandmother's church and for grandma's church. Did they wear hats all the time? I mean, yeah, like they're old school. Like even um, now, even now, some of the ladies still wear hats at her church. (laughs) Last time I was. I think it's so sweet. Yeah. Mother's Day too. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of of hats at my my grandmother's church. Um, But the church that we went to was not really a hat church. Okay. So. so Ours wasn't either. It was just Easter. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I mean, like for Easter, a and lot of people just didn't. Just as kids, my mom would never be caught dead in a hat. <laughs> my, yeah. Well, my mom, yeah, hats. My mom, my mom was a, she was a very good dresser. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was a really good dresser. In fact, when she came here, the last time she came here to visit, we were on the train going to Brooklyn because she'd always wanted to go to Brooklyn Tabernacle. Oh yeah. And she was wearing a hat. It wasn't full on church lady hat, okay. but it was like a nice, it didn't a nice little hat. Itself. No, it did not. It was a nice little hat. <laughs> nice. And she had on like a nice little, nice little suit. It was very, very classy. Was cute. She was so precious. I love it. And so we're on the the four or five train, and uh, this family was like the the gentleman gave up his seat so my mom could sit there and the whole family was like you just look so nice it's so nice (laughs) to see people dress up for church they were so lovely to her and my mom did like like she was a good dresser and she was like i'm going to church also i'm going to brooklyn tabernacle which was like her dream that's awesome (laughs) i will say that Anytime I see an older lady that is dressed to the nines, mm-hmm. I always try to make a point to say that they look really lovely. It's so good. There was this woman that um, I passed when I was living in Washington Heights, and she was wearing red and white polka dot dress, T-length, with red tights, white shoes, gloves. Stop! And a matching hat. And she was wearing, like, full-on red lipstick. Love it! She, full beat. Loved her. And I was walking toward her mm-hmm. and I just had to say of something. Of course. Yes, you and did. I stopped her with my <laughs> hand on her, my, her arm and I said, I just want to let you know, you look so beautiful today. <laughs> and the smile she gave me was <laughs> payment enough. It was, it was the sweetest moment. It was so nice to be able to let her know that she blessed me just by dressing up the way she did. She was so precious. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Me too. So, all that to say, it's mm. Easter resurrection, yeah. and Happy those will Easter. be the <laughs> the oh, themes. Yeah. yeah, there you go. The, for, oh yeah, for we're doing month. a show. We're doing a show. <laughs> okay, so this week's episode is the musical "Into the Light." Into the light sounds uplifting. Uh, <laughs> supposed to be. Um, it is a musical that was about the Shroud of Turin. Um. <laughs> And if you are not aware of what the Shroud of Turin is, uh, I will give you a brief little edumacation. Please. I know, but just for the people that don't know. Because not everybody knows what that is. (laughs) Um, So the Shroud of Turin, and guys, this is like mostly from Wikipedia, but like, yeah. Um, (laughs) It is a length of linen cloth bearing the negative image of a man who is alleged to be Jesus of Nazareth. So people think that this is actually his burial cloth. Right. 
the part of it that was wrapped around his face. Yes. Thus providing the negative vision of his face. Right. And also, um, if you look at it, it also weirdly also looks a little bit like you can see some of the um, crown. And, and I think that could be because, you know, obviously he would be bleeding from his head right. because the crown was, um, the crown of thorns. You're yeah. The crown about. of thorns was, was, um, pressed into his, his brain. Right. <laughs> um, he would be bleeding up there. So, so if they wrapped it around, you would have, you would have the blood stains from the face and right. all of the beatings. And then you would also have, um, from his head because of the, the crown of thorns. Yes. Um, it's kept now in the Chapel of the Holy Shroud, which is located within a complex of buildings, which includes the Turin Cathedral, the Royal Palace of Turin, and the Palazzo Chiablis. Sure, mm, why not? It's Italian. In Turin, Piedmont, northern Italy. Okay. The cloth itself is by some to be burial shroud, which I said already. Um, it is first uh, securely attested in 1390. When a local bishop wrote that the shroud was a forgery and that an unnamed artist had confessed. Um, radio I didn't hear about that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, a radiocarbon dating of a sample of the shroud material is consistent with this date. The Catholic Church has neither formally endorsed nor rejected the shroud. Okay. But in 1958, Pope Pius, I think this is the eighth. How no. many eyes? X, it's one, it's a 10 and then two, 12, 12. Okay. Pope Pius XII approved of the image in association with the devotion to the holy face of Jesus. Pope John Paul II called the shroud a mirror of the gospel. Other Christian denominations such as Anglicans and Methodists have also shown devotion to the shroud of Turin. I personally did not grow up. Um, having any kind of thoughts about the Shroud of Turin. No, me neither. Yeah. My my church didn't really talk about it. I, m- I remember uh-uh. hearing about it on the news because people we're, were still... Really, I mean, very Protestant, very, you know, like... Yeah. We're like non-denominational yeah, kind exactly. of... exactly. Yeah. So we didn't grow up with relics. Right. Right. We grew up with the Bible. Right. And I suppose that's a relic. But, but that's really it. Like there's... Yeah. There, there wasn't... A, there's not a, a Holy Grail. No. There's, you know, the the stake that was driven through his feet doesn't exist somewhere. I can't right. remember what they call that now, but yeah, those are things we those right. are things that we grew up knowing existed right. somewhere, but they're not things that they're we, not holy to us. Right, right. Um, their diverse arguments have been made in scientific and popular publications, claiming to prove that the cloth is the authentic burial shroud of Jesus, um, based on just. Disciplines ranging from chemistry to biology and medical forensics to optical image analysis. In 1988, three radiocarbon dating tests dated a corner piece of the shroud from the Middle Ages between the years 1260 and 1390. Some shroud researchers have challenged the dating, arguing the results were skewed by the introduction of material from the Middle Ages to the portion of the shroud used for radiocarbon dating. However... All of the hypotheses used to challenge the radiocarbon dating have been scientifically refuted, including the medieval repair hypothesis, the biocontamination hypothesis, hypothesis, and the carbon monoxide hypothesis. Um, forensic anthropologist Matteo Bor- Borini and chemistry professor 
Oh, goodness. <laughs> Luigi G. Mm. Cool. Used a live volunteer and a mannequin to study how blood from Jesus's crucifixion and spear would have flowed onto his burial shroud. Using both human and synthetic blood, they were unable to find a single position in which the blood flowed onto the experimental cloths to create the stain pattern on the Shroud of Turin. They published their findings in the Journal of Forensic Sciences on July 10th, 2018. So that was just last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I people found out. Yeah, I found out. Just let it go. I know. I mean. Let people believe what they want to believe. It's yeah, not, really. It's not hurting anybody. Right. Right. Just let it be. Mm-hmm. Okay. The musical, mm-hmm. The Shroud of Turn. Why a musical? I will be honest. I don't know why still. <laughs> and I titled this portion that, and I was like, mm, don't know the answer. Sorry, guys. I don't know the answer. <laughs> um, the musical was based on a 1978 scientific expedition to determine whether the shroud was really worn by Jesus or not. The playbill of the musical Into the Light stated that while Into the Light uh, was a work of fiction, it has remained faithful to the findings of that expedition. Dean Jones was excited to be part of the project as he was, he was a Christian. He's, uh, he passed away four years ago and believed that theater should inspire and lift the spirit. Um, okay, so I'll just let you know what the synopsis was. Mm. So the synopsis is... James Prescott, a skeptical physicist from Los Alamos, belongs to an American scientific expedition attempting to determine the truth or otherwise of the Turin Shroud, the linen relic revered by true believers as Jesus' burial cloth. Uh, James's obsession with this scientific mission leads him to neglect his wife, Kate, and young son, Matthew, for the lab. The son, to compensate for his father's absence, places his faith in a jolly fantasy friend whom no one else can see. <laughs> was his name Jesus? It was not. Oh. <laughs> it was It was not. Um, so, <laughs> okay, so um, Dean Jones plays James Prescott, the, the physicist um, who goes to try to prove whether or not this relic is real. And the findings in the 1978 expedition found that the shroud was not real. Mm. Um, So, um, spoiler alert, (laughs) by the end of the musical, James Prescott also, you know, comes to this conclusion that, you know, maybe the shroud isn't real. Um, but, but, But weirdly... A lot of the reviewers who saw this also felt like even though the scientific expedition was like, no, this isn't real, mm-hmm. um, the show is still trying in the, its own way to prove that it is real. Oh, okay. So, so a lot of reviewers felt that it was a, um, a very mission-oriented musical. Like they were trying to, to use it as a form of evangelism, I guess. Yeah. But – it's funny. It's it doesn't seem like it was a form of evangelism in the way that like Jesus is real as much as like this piece of fabric really had his face imprinted right. on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So some of the musical numbers were uh, the prologue was called Poltergeists. Um, neat, not neat. 
Okay, you can go on YouTube, and if you go on YouTube and look for the set of reviews that's about seven minutes long of this show, they will give you a clip of the song, It Can All Be Explained. And mind you, the um, Dean Jones and the gentleman who plays Father Frank, um, his name is William Perry. They sing the crap out of that song. Like, they're... Good performance. Yeah, wonderful performances. Like, their voices are gorgeous. But the song is... Okay. There's another musical that shall not be named wherein uh, (laughs) the title of the song slash also title of the musical is said repeatedly as the chorus. I hate it when... (laughs) shows do that when the lyricist does that yeah so that's the same for it can all be explained okay (laughs) just just know um you really only needed to be reminded of the song title right once or twice it's really true maybe just in the chorus yeah but like the whole chorus is it can all be explained like that was you guys can go, like I said, you can go on YouTube and watch it. Um, but again, those two gentlemen, they sing the crap out of it. Like, awesome. it's really beautiful. Their, their voices are beautiful. Um, and then the most controversial song <laughs> in the musical is called Let There Be Light. And it is controversial because you have um, Archbishop Parisi singing and dancing with a bunch of nuns. <laughs> And so a lot of reviewers had a difficult time with it. And I don't know that it was, I do think, you know, it's 1986 when this comes out. So I I do think some of it was they were not used to necessarily having nuns and priests sing and dance in that way. And now we have the musical nonsense. Oh, yeah. So people are not. Now it's it's, all over the place. Right. It's not as. Yeah. You can get a little, I mean, even nowadays you can get like one of those little. Bobby, Bobby sort of dancing <laughs> nuns and yeah. like put it on your, you know, so it's not. Nuns are much more accessible now. Right. I mean, sister act. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's a whole different situation. Mm-hmm. But that was like a really um, touchy point for a lot of people. And I, I do think part of the problem was that they, they didn't give the audience any time to recover from the extremely serious moment that happened right before. Oh, so there was this really serious moment that happens and then immediately you launch into the song and you have like a priest and nuns dancing and it just didn't make sense to the audiences or the reviewers. And it felt um, it just didn't feel like it was handled well. And it it made that it made watching a priest and a bunch of nuns dance and sing in such a way just feel very um, cartoony. Yeah. And so it, a lot of people um, struggled with that. Okay, so the cast was, like I said, D- Dean Jones as James Prescott. You had Thomas Batten as Archbishop Parisi. Susan Bigelow was Kate Prescott, his uh, wife. Danny Gerard was Matthew Prescott, his son. Um, and then also Father Frank was played by William Perry. So Into the Light, a musical in two acts with a prologue and 13 scenes and an epilogue. Had a book by <laughs> Jeff Tamburini. Music was by Lee Holdridge and lyrics were by John Forster. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. And so it went to Broadway (laughs) uh, at the Neil Simon Theater, which is one of the theaters that is still with us. I feel like a lot of times when we do at these episodes, like, oh, now it is. Right. Or it's gone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, um, I just heard a couple of weeks ago that the it's called the Times Square Theater. Yeah. Is. Not going to be torn down, but it will not be a theater anymore. Um, I believe it's being turned into like office space or something like that. But it's the theater that's literally right next to the Lyric where Harry Potter is. Oh, okay. Um, And from what I read, because I was reading um, Jen Ashley Tepper, I was reading her post because she's been really following this theater and really loved it. Um, Because what happened with the Lyric is like, Two theaters were put together right. in order to create the Lyric Theater. And then once Harry Potter, it was decided that Harry Potter would then go in that space, another renovation happened. And they had to make the backstage bigger and all of these things. So all of the, this reconstruction um, made it really impossible for the theater to become a regular theater um, and return to its former glory. So it's going to be, you know, transformed. Hopefully some of the aesthetics um, will remain. Hopefully it will not be, it won't look like one of these very sterile buildings that we have nowadays, right. which are just like so boring. Mm-hmm. And I am not a fan of. No. Um, but, you know, I hope to be able to give you guys an update on that. Probably yeah. it's going to take a year or so but (laughs) it's a big space cool um so the first previews for into the light began on october 9th 1986 the show officially opened on october 22nd 1986 and you guys it closed on october 26th 1986 so after 14 previews and six performances the show closed the show cost three million dollars to put up which in today's money is $7 million. Uh, but it is still a pretty low budget because most shows yeah. cost like upwards of $12 million. Yeah. So even by today's standards, that's not, you not know. terrible. No, it's not terrible. Um, obviously, it made none of the money back. <laughs> the money was mostly raised by single backers um, at one single backer, at one uh, backers audition in California. And it was mostly by believers. Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of people were hoping and believing that this would be, you know, it's like scandalous. So it's the same sort of situation, mm-hmm. right? Because Foursquare Church right. put in a ton of money for it. Um, and so I think, I think there, and we haven't even talked about Amazing Grace yet. Like we haven't done that right. musical yet. And I, I think a lot of, you know, Pamela and I are, are people of faith and so, we understand that there is a desire to have shows that reflect yeah. um, our Christian views, our worldviews, mm-hmm. our, you know, and, and I've, I've 
I've con I've had this conversation with a lot of um, other believers, and not all of them agree with me, mm. and that's fine. Um, but I there there's a lack of excellence. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and well, it's like they're <laughs> trying to be too serious when. Here's the thing. You yeah. can have whatever content you want on Broadway as long as it's entertaining. If it's entertaining, right. then it's going to run. And right. it will also speak to people. Right. But if it's not entertaining and it's got a religious theme, people are going to start putting those two things together and say, oh, another church musical? Right. No, thank you. Right. Right. There right. you go. Well, because, I mean, look at the success of Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm -hmm. Overt, like, that's overly Christian. Really? You know? Godspell. <laughs> so happy. Um, but but I, I do. It's just like a lack of excellence to just yeah. sort of get things up so that there's something out there. But it's like, why are we not like if we're if you're going to if you're going to well, be a person of faith yeah. and you're going to create something in the name of God, mm -hmm. then it needs to be the best. Like yes. he's always talking about first fruits in the Bible all of the time. So like, yeah. why are you just giving like pieces of like the scraps? Mm -hmm. you, like it just doesn't make sense. No. Well, here's the, this is where I think those shows are successful. Uh, where the other ones are not. Mm -hmm. You've got people that are not necessarily people of faith right. writing them. Right. But they are writing them because they happen to be good stories. Right. Right. The story of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion Freaking. is a good it's story. It's a good story. The story of Joseph being sold into slavery yeah. by his 12 brothers and then bringing them out of their own famine and out of their own depravity mm -hmm. at the end of that. That's a good story. A good story. So of course, and Godspell is the same. It's, right. that, it's the crucifixion story, right. but they tell all of these other Bible stories in it mm -hmm. because those stories are good. That's right. how God wrote the Bible. He right. wrote it in stories so that it would be easily understood and easily accepted. That's right. But it doesn't make it any less compelling or, or any less moral right. or any less faithful right. because it's a good story. Right. Jesus knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We all have our own talents in musical, in theater, in, uh, in art, in whatever it mm -hmm. is because they were given to us. Right. But a good story is a good story is a good story. We've yeah. said that before. It's true. It's true, and and um, so I'll just some of the things that Frank Rich said in the New York Times, which were just really good points. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he said, uh, "The evening's only dramatic tension derives from the contrived deadline imposed on James' experiment in Turin. Um, characters are constantly singing about quirks." Particles, molecules, matter, and antimatter. Oh, that sounds thrilling. Metaphysics are not neglected. <laughs> so one of the, the lines is, to measure the darkness, you must stand in the dark, but when you stand in the dark, you cannot see a thing. Listen. Listen. Lucy. Um, Frank Ridge said, songs like these are not created to set an audience dancing in the aisles. <laughs> and 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 I will say like one of the things that my friends and I always say and I hear a lot of reviewers say as well is like when you leave the theater did any of the songs stick yeah. in your head? Yeah. 
That's like a really important thing. Absolutely. And so if if it's so um, wrought with like data, yeah, you're not, yeah, not interested. No. And I'm I don't care about math and science. That's why I went into musical theater. To be <laughs> <laughs> But if you can tell me a good story that just happens to have math and science, yeah. then I'm all about it. I, side note, but it still goes. So you and I love true crime. Yes. We love it. And I, so there's this whole um, Elizabeth, oh shoot, freaking, I can't remember her last name. It's the Theranos woman. Oh, so there's this big scandal now with Theranos and there's an HBO documentary and um, 2020 did an awesome podcast about it. And then they are, I'm sorry, ABC did an awesome podcast about it, but they also did the, they taped the interview. So there's a great 2020 that you can watch as well. And I paid no attention to Theranos at the beginning because it's science yeah. and I don't care. No. Um, so I didn't know what was going on. I still but, don't because I, again, yeah. But now that it's like a whole true crime situation, <laughs> I'm all about it. Yeah. So that, again, just speaks to oh, the story. I'll have to read about it now. Right. Now, okay. it's so fascinating. So now I'm all about it because it's a good story. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that just speaks to exactly what Pamela was talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't. But guys, and, don't make a Theranos musical. Well, Please no, don't no. do it. But here's the thing: like <laughs> there, there is a way to tell the story of the Shroud of Turin. Mm-hmm. They did try. They added extra characters, like the wife and the son. Mm-hmm. They added in the storyline about him being an absentee father because he's so obsessed with this Shroud of Turin, right. whether it's real or not. So you don't have to have a song about the science behind discovering it. Right. You can just build up the story that you already have. Right. I And I get also, because there's not a lot to the Shroud of Turin. Mm-hmm. But there's still got to be something else there. You know? I don't know. I'm like, like do we, did we, like, t- why can't the Shroud of Turin just be the tr- Shroud of Turin right. and just be like, just be like a relic that people really, right. um, Ad, admire is not the right word, but but see as a, a holy a right. holy uh, piece of um, history, yes, and not it be a musical, right? Because there's not there's not a, there's no story there. Like, I have an idea. Let's write a musical about the Hope Diamond. <laughs> it's it's kind of similar. Does it have a good story? I no. don't know. Oh, see. I don't think so. Maybe it has a better story than Shroud of Turin. I don't know. I don't know. Anyone in Ireland tell me? I don't know. But I'm thinking maybe not. I'm thinking <laughs> it's just a big old diamond. It's in, it's in Ireland, isn't it? Girl, I don't know. No. Do you know what I'm thinking of? What? Not the Hope Diamond. The Blarney Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick a little bit right now. You can kind of hear it in my voice. So my mind is not clicking on all cylinders. <laughs> but the Blarney Stone. I was going to say, you know, people just go to Ireland and touch it. But I don't think that's the Hope Diamond. Yeah, that's no, the Blarney, Blarney Stone. Stone. Yeah. That actually might have a good story. The Blarney Stone. Good. I don't know. I it. don't know. I don't know. I don't know nothing about, about that. Turin. Yeah, but I don't think that's the best. Yeah, I don't think that was the best idea. No. Um, I'm falling asleep just listening to you tell me 
<laughs> Holy mackerel. Um, another thing I heard a lot from reviewers is th- they had trouble with the the debate. So even though it was like a lot about metaphysics and all these things, when um, when the main character and the priest are like having debates, like like one reviewer said that it felt like they were watching a high school debate. Oh no! Which, mind you, high school debates Some can be very really, compelling. Yeah. So I don't think that that was like. You, you didn't have to say Just that. Just, like, inexperience. Right. And, and and that was a common theme was, like, people felt like it wasn't, uh, it felt a little, I hate to say this, but, like, amateurish. Well, and I'd be interested to see what the background is for the writers. Yeah. Because if they don't have a background in metaphysics. Yeah, no, <laughs> they didn't. They don't. No, they didn't. Then they're going to be at a disadvantage already. Right. Unless, right. And in 86, you didn't have Google. You had to like, right. look things up in the library. Go to the encyclopedia. Like a schlub. <laughs> to go through, look at the Dewey Decimal System, Oof. talk to your librarian. Yeah. Do they even have librarians anymore? Or is it all Yes, automated? they do. I no, they, they do. do. <laughs> they're very important people. I like them. They keep our books safe. They do. So if ever the end of the world happens, all we need to do is go to the library. <laughs> They'll be destroyed, though, at the end of the world. Well, it depends on how the world ends. I don't know. Zombie <laughs> apocalypse. Zombies don't care about books. I know, but there are people in there, so they'll want to go in there to eat them. <laughs> and they'll have big brains because they're reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, good point. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, okay, I will, guys, 86 was a rough year for musicals. So, Mm. Moose Murders. One reviewer was like, bring back Moose Murders after he saw this. (laughs) Did we do that? That's on our list. It's on the list. Yeah, it's on the list, but we haven't done it yet, maybe. Some of Uh, them are on the list, but there's not a lot of information about them, so we haven't really been able to do them. Right. But we'll Uh, look into it. Also, that year, Rags and Raggedy Ann Mm. had opened and closed. Before this, and then, okay, you guys, please, please go to YouTube and watch that seven-minute um, compilation of reviews because the last one is my favorite. This poor man was like, uh, he, I mean, he, he's a great, he, I, you know, I don't, he, I don't know him or have not seen him. And again, it was 86 and I was like so little, <laughs> but, um, he said the show, the two shows I reviewed last week have since closed. <laughs> and then he and then he was talking about he was like, and next week I'm going to see Smile, the new Marvin Hamlish musical. <laughs> and I've heard really good things about it, you guys. That was also a flop. It's also oh, on our man. list. Yes. 86 was just not the best year. It wasn't a good for, year. Yeah, the 80s were rough for New York. Yes. We were kind of living between the happiness rainbow bright of the early 80s and the gross Times Square yeah. with prostitutes and disgusting people in the later part of the 80s. So people really wanted to be like, get away from that rainbow bright phase because they were like, that's not real. What's real is this gross disgustingness that's happening and people are violent and horrible and our children are getting kidnapped. But that's not what the musicals were no. about. <laughs> But that's what I mean. Like, if yeah. Raggedy Ann comes to Broadway and you're like, listen, I just got laid off. Yeah. And my husband left me. So I don't feel like watching Raggedy Ann on Broadway. 
Although when we when we did Annie, we did um, Annie too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I think it was Thomas, or maybe it was Grandpa Marty. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> uh, but they said they brought Annie at a time where people were looking for some escape because there was a lot of mm-hmm. difficult things happening. Yeah. So I wonder if that's sort of why things like Raggedy Ann were were coming I'm sure out. That that's yeah. true. They just weren't able to get a balance. Yeah, no. With Rags, Rags was so real. Yeah. You know, people didn't want to watch them having struggle because they're struggling on their own, but they also didn't want to watch something like Raggedy Ann. Right. Because who, I don't want to watch something all sweet and lovey. So meet me in the middle here. And that was really difficult. Yeah. It was a, it was a rough time. It was. Um, yeah, so... (laughs) I, I swear when I watched that and at the end he said, he said, I'm, I'm going to see Smile next. And I've heard good things about it. I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh I'm from the future. And that's not good, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, friends. So funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that is uh, Rags. I do want to say. To end more on a, a positive note, um, there were some really nice things said about the performances. Um, Peter Howard's pit band are solid. Um, Mr. Gerard ably carries the evening's um, one-spirited song. Um, <laughs> Act one's trading solos. Um, Mr. Perry, Miss Bigelow, Casper Ruse, and Thomas Batten bring firm voices to notes that might... Um, oh... Might better be left unsung. Well, they did <laughs> a good job, nice though, is say. that they it did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. And as for Mr. Jones, he is as relaxed, ingratiating, and nearly as boyish a musical performer as when he last appeared on Broadway on the same stage in company, uh, which was 15 years before this happened. Cool. Um, yeah. So so okay. the performances were good. Yeah. The, the band was great. Um it's just, you know, the Material. show was <laughs> what it was. Uh, also, you all can go on um, the Lincoln Center's Performing Arts Library and you can see photos of Dean Jones um, being in the musical. And the one of the ones I saw, it's like so perfect because he's standing there at the, the downstage and he's belting. Like you can tell from the way he's standing, he's belting. And there's like this light. Oops. <laughs> and I just hit the lamp in here. Um, there's like this light shining over him. And I was like, that's it right there. That's- Amazing. <laughs> he just walked into the light. He just walked into the light. Metaphorically and literally. Literally, he did. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no cast recording. Okay. Um, From what I understand, it's probably not a bad decision. Yeah. Uh, you can, like I said, you can go on YouTube and I definitely, you, you, when you go see, watch that seven minute video, it also has the song with the priest and the nuns dancing. Okay. So you can get an idea of, of what people were having, you know, a time with. And I, again, we, I don't think that would bother any of us now because we're so used to that type of thing. But I think it was a little bit of the times and also the way that it was placed yeah. within the musical that made it off-putting. Editing, man. It's it's all about the editing. Yeah. 
And I didn't find anything out really about like out of town tryouts. Okay. And the thing that Pamela and I always say is like, y'all, please, you got to try it out first. Take it to Indianapolis, to Boston, to Denver, to San Diego, anywhere you want, really. Anywhere in the United States. Take it anywhere else besides New York to see an every man's opinion of it or to get an every man's opinion. And then work on those issues. Yeah. Take it on another tryout. Then bring it to Broadway. Yeah. But do like just a bulk of previews. At least two weeks of previews. Something. Unless you're really. I do feel like there are some shows that because they started out as like concept shows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have a bit of an advantage. Mm -hmm. Because they've already kind of been tried. Right. Right. Even if it was just in New York. But. You know, on what's that Union Square Theater? The gym. Mm-hmm. The um, gym at know, Judson. I right, love right. that place. Me too. Yeah. But like, you know, shows go there a lot, mm-hmm. you know, that are just, you know, this is my idea. I kind of want to do this. And they do this, you know, staged reading of it. Mm-hmm. And it's lightly staged. So it's not just, you know, behind binders, but, you know, it's not a full interpretation of it. And I think those shows have actually a bit of an advantage. Yeah. Um, they still should go in a tryout mm-hmm. somewhere else. Boston. Yeah. L.A. Yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Oh, here's one what? we should have in- mentioned in the intermission. So my friend Jesse is a swing in the new show Marie Still Dancing, what which is, is playing at the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle right yeah. now. It's about the Renoir girl. Um, you know Renoir paintings... He, um, the Phantom of the Opera ballerinas are inspired by his paintings. Okay. They're the ballerinas. Yeah. That you really only see from I the love. side and the back. Gorgeous. I love the those. tutus sticking straight out. These gorgeous girls. Well, the show is, um, from what I understand, um, based on Renoir's muse, mm-hmm. this ballerina mm-hmm. who really was very poor and very downtrodden and he i think maybe he manipulated the situation and really kind of took advantage of her mm-hmm. might not have been a good relationship but don't quote me on that because <laughs> maybe that's just me t- saying it okay <laughs> with confidence and i don't know um but it looks beautiful um and my friend says that it's just such a it's been such a joy to be in Terrence oh, Mann is in it. Oh, it's, I think it's Aaron. Your favorite. Is it? Oh gosh. Now I have to look. I can't say anything with confidence right now. Wait, is it that? Stand by. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, the, uh, that place is where scandalous got tried. Yep. Yeah. A lot of things go a lot. Yeah. A lot of things tried there. To Seattle. <clears throat> Aaron's and Flaherty. I was it right. is them. Phew. Oh, I love them. Yes. Um, Tyler Peck plays the Renoir, or not Renoir, Degas. I'm sorry. Yes, Degas. Degas. I was like, Renoir? Is I that know, true? It's okay. not Renoir. It's yeah, I love period. the Degas painting. Yes. Yeah, the ballerinas, the blue, ballerinas in blue, or uh-huh. there's the one where they're in blue. That's my there's favorite a, one. There's a lot of, um, a lot of them. Yeah. He, he, he painted that ballerina a lot. There is mm-hmm. a lot with featuring that that ballerina that dancer yeah so yeah there you go there you have it that's neat i didn't know that all right get out of my apartment i'm tired (laughs)
No, really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, guys. So that's Into the Light. Yes. I can't tell you how to watch it or listen, but at least go well, to you that YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, that seven-minute YouTube, yeah. really easy to find. It's the only Into the Light musical anything on YouTube. Awesome. I'm going to go listen. Yeah. You said their voice is really great. And yeah. And the critics agreed with that. So. Yeah. They are good. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thank you. Happy Easter. Yes. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.